News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 161 of the Luke Messia Show. Today we're going to talk about why Stephanie Click killed a Senate bill in her committee that would have called transitioning a child child abuse. And we're going to refer – we are referring to Senate Bill 1646 by Charles Perry. So here's the thing. Every one of you know that uh, Stephanie Click, who is a Republican from North Richland Hills, who was one of the biggest problems when it came to ending uh, gender modification in Texas last session – is in a runoff election. And this election process, in fact, the process of being in an election often brings some of the policy realities that we're dealing with to light. And so Representative Click in her re-election campaign has come under fire on this issue. And it's actually been really comforting. I've had a number of people share that that literally in the community, there are people who say, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to vote for Stephanie Click because I Watch this show by Luke Macias. This is episode 137 of the Luke Macias show talking about how Stephanie Click killed a ban on gender modification. And so we kind of lay out in detail all the timelines by which she killed legislation. A lot of focus has come as a result on House Bill 1399, which is the bill by Representative Matt Krause, which uh, was designed as one of the two ways of handling this issue by basically taking away liability coverage from doctors um, who are doing this procedure. So it would have ended some of that protections. I and other people have concerns over that policy. The concern being not that it is a bad policy, but just that it still enables parents to transition their children as much as they want. They just can't use a Texas doctor to do it. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Stephanie Click killed a Senate bill in her committee that was sitting there as of May 3rd with three to four weeks left to go in the legislative session. She sat on this bill and this bill would have said that it is child abuse for parents to transition their children. Now, if you have followed this policy at all, you would know that because of the massive amount of pressure that Governor Abbott received during his primary campaign on this issue, he wrote a letter to CPS saying, hey, I think you should probably investigate some of these cases. Can you tell me whether or not the surgical removal of a child's genitalia is child abuse to which they said? Yes, it is, which didn't do anything. No headlines except for a couple right of center uh, publications who were just helping Abbott kind of make fluff news uh, covered it because it didn't do anything. In fact, the actual uh, the actual clinics that were doing these procedures said this doesn't really change us because we're really not doing that on minors. We're doing everything other than that which Abbott knew as well. But here was a problem. He opened the door, which then led to Matt Krause and other Republican lawmakers pressuring. Uh, Brian Slayton sent a letter to DFPS saying, hey, why are puberty blockers not included in this? And they said, we're going to wait for the attorney general to make a decision because Matt Krause had sent a letter to the attorney general, Ken Paxton at the time, saying, hey, can you tell us whether or not this is child abuse, uh, puberty blockers and other things like that? And the puberty blockers are what are actually getting administered more often than not to the teenagers instead of the actual mutilation surgery. 
So Ken Paxton came out also in a very contentious primary, but Ken Paxton came out and this is probably the most consequential action that took place over the last month is that Paxton came out and actually wrote, yes, we're going to interpret all of these transitions as child abuse and we're sending a letter to DFPS as such. And since Abbott had kind of already said, like, I'm moving in this direction, he had to say, yeah, accept his directives, his orders. And now the Department of Family Protective Services is investigating one of their own employees who is transitioning a 16-year-old girl. They were trying to turn a 16-year-old girl into a 16-year-old boy, a 16-year-old young woman into a 16-year-old young man. That's the world we live in. This is the type of evil we are encountering. This is the war, the battle that we engage in. So here's the sad thing. We're now in a court battle about whether or not the state can or can't investigate these parents. And one of the things Ken Paxton has said is that it would be a whole lot easier for me to defend this if the legislature had just passed the bill that said this is child abuse very clearly. We'd have everything we need. Why didn't that bill pass? Now, some people uh, think of Steve Toth's bill, House Bill 68, which was very similar to Charles Perry's bill. And uh, and Representative Click came out and said, well, I didn't do that because Steve Toth said that he supported Matt Krause's bill. So I didn't do anything wrong in not hearing this bill and not moving this bill. I actually moved Krause's bill because that's what everyone wanted me to do. But here's the difference. See, the Texas Senate actually showed us last session that they cared about this issue to the extent that they just wanted to protect the kids. So the chamber originally said calling this child abuse is the best way to do it, and they passed Charles Perry's bill. They had a hearing. Brian Hughes had it. They brought it to the Senate floor. Charles Perry passed it. It went over to the House, and it sat there. On May 3rd, it was sent to Stephanie Click's committee, and it sat there. Nothing happened. On May, By the way, at this time, the calendars committee, Dustin Burroughs, was already sitting on the gender modification bill, Matt Krause's bill. Okay, They're sitting on this piece of legislation that is going to take away the doctor's coverage on the procedure, and they're playing games. Everyone knows they're playing games. Now, the self-imposed deadline that has been created is on when House bills can pass the House. Okay, But Senate bills can pass the House for much longer. <clears throat> So the right way to go about this is to say, hey, we need to put a Senate bill into calendars as well. So that way, if the House bill dies, there's a Senate bill to pass. Here's Stephanie Click's problem, though, at this time. She doesn't support calling it child abuse. She doesn't support what Ken Paxton's doing. She doesn't support the actions of DFPS against their own employee. She doesn't support that bill. So now the Senate has to bend over backwards. So, the, so Dustin Burroughs does his job on May 10th. He actually places House Bill 1399 on the calendar, but at the very bottom so that it is going to die. It, it just killed the second it's put on the calendar. It dies the next day or on the 13th. Uh, May 14th, Senate Bill 1311 by Bob Hall is placed on the Senate intent calendar. So the Senate State Affairs Committee passes Bob Hall's bill out. They put it on the Senate intent calendar on May 14th. They then pass the bill on May 18th. On May 19th, the House receives the bill from Hall. And then the next day when they had to refer it, Jeff Leach actually made a motion that the entire House would stand at ease and they would recess, which meant that they couldn't refer any bills. So he killed Bob Hall's bill. Here's the thing that that you have to understand about May 3rd to May 19th. There are 16 days in that window in which Stephanie Click can have a hearing and pass out Senate Bill 1646, which calls 
the transitioning of a child, child abuse in state statute. And she doesn't. Why? Because she doesn't support the bill. She's making the Senate give her another bill that looks just like Matt Krause's bill because that's the only bill she's willing to pass out of her committee. This is a committee chairman committed at this moment in time to making sure that parents do not get targeted for transitioning their children, that only the medical professionals who engage in it could potentially have problems. And they won't have problems because they just won't do it. Why do you think the medical lobby likes Stephanie Click's approach more than Charles Perry or Brian Hughes' approach, Dan Patrick's approach, the Senate's approach? Because it doesn't hurt anyone. The people who are conducting the evil act are fine. They just, well, look, no doctor does stuff. They don't get liability coverage, so they don't ever have to do it. They didn't do anything wrong. The parents don't do it. And if they do get it done, they go get it done out of state and they can come back in and everybody's hunky-dory. Nobody wants to call it what it is, which is child abuse. Now we have a state agency being forced by the attorney general tying the governors and their hands. And we're in court. And we can't get clarity on this issue because Stephanie Click sat on a bill for weeks. May 3rd, she could have had a hearing on May 4th, May 5th, May 6th, May 7th and passed out Senate Bill 1646. And she didn't. She killed the bill. She knew Dustin Burroughs was doing what he needed to do to kill 1399. While she's killing Senate Bill 1646. It's a coordinated effort so she can say, hey, I passed out that bill. Don't, no harm on me. And then she can have her colleagues all come into her district. Mays Middleton, Tom Oliverson, and everybody else has lined up in her district saying, this woman bent over backwards. She worked harder than anybody else to try to stop this thing. These politicians can tell you how hard they worked to pass things, even when those things die. And when they do die, they can't tell you whose fault it is that it died. We talked about this this weekend. Uh, the Texan wrote a good article on women's sports because there's this big controversy because we have a male who has competed with a bunch of females and beat them in a swimming competition in college. And it brings to light and reminds all of us that Texas hasn't banned men from competing against women in college sports. They've only banned boys from competing against girls in high school sports. They caved just like Christy Nome caved to the NCAA and got scared and didn't want to touch college, unlike Ron DeSantis, who passed a bill that covered colleges as well. And so the Texan went back in and asked several legislators, like, what happened? And other than Brian Slayton, everybody was like, I don't know, but we're going to work on it this time. All the politicians who were there when those decisions were made, all the politicians who made sure that the language wasn't in there, all the politicians who were talking to the governor's office when he specifically on the special session call carved out colleges in what he called the legislature to do. And yet then they get called again and they go, I don't remember why colleges weren't done, but we're going to do it again now that everybody's talking about it, even though a year ago was just as big of a problem. People act their hope. And the reason they hate shows like this and establishments like Texas Scorecard is because we talk about how it works. This is how it works. Stephanie Click killed that bill. Dustin Burroughs killed the other bill after she delayed it long enough to make it easier for him to kill it. 
So 1399 House Bill and Senate Bill 1646 were clearly dying and died at the hands of Stephanie Click and Dustin Burroughs. Just to clarify, because people keep asking me about this issue and and the start of this podcast, again, gets really wonky and kind of down in the weeds. But that's the legislative minutiae that they've intentionally complicated to cover their cowardice. And that's what it is. So that'll kind of segue really perfectly into the next little situation, which is that Dustin Burroughs tweets out this last weekend. Um, All of the Senate districts were meeting for their conventions and I was at my Senate district convention. I ran the audio and the video and um, so all of them are there and they're meeting and one of the things they do is they pass out resolutions and the resolutions are to establish even stronger legislative priorities and – Language for our party platform. Texas has the premier party platform of the nation. We have the the most robust document of hundreds of planks that all clearly lay out what it is Republicans believe. And the reason we have this platform is because so many of our politicians forget what we believe. And so our party is there to say this is the framework by which we would like to govern so that when we have control, we then try to govern that way. And it's no surprise that many of these planks just don't make their way into law, don't ever even get here hearings in the legislative process. So Dustin Burroughs, uh, in a way of kind of attacking the Republican Party delegates, right? There's all these delegates across the state, tens of thousands of them getting together. Some of the largest conve- – I mean the Republican Party of Texas is the one of the two or three largest political conventions in the world. And these are all the senatorial district conventions where everybody's gathering before some of them are going to go on to the state convention, maybe half, maybe a third of them depending on the big group. And Dustin Bro's unlike these people because the truth is they're going to debate and pass a bunch of resolutions that say these are the policies we'd like to pass. And he's the chair of the calendars committee. His job is to be the highway cop that decides what legislation gets voted on. And that's based on where we get consensus. What do the lobbyists want? What do the Democrats want? What do the other chairman want? What does the speaker want? What does the governor want? What does the lieutenant governor want? And if the House doesn't like the lieutenant governor, it's like, does the lieutenant governor want this bill? Well, then we don't want this bill. They're literally – that's what determines what gets heard and what gets voted on, not what does the Republican Party platform say. So these politicians are constantly complaining about the platform because it's – they don't like their hands tied. They don't want to be told whether they did or didn't do what they needed to do. And the platform gives them a standard, a standard that they would have to work hard to achieve. So he tweets out, I hope one county convention today passes a resolution telling the Texas GOP to make electing Republicans and growing the party a priority. Again, this is because there are politicians who feel like that conservatives in the party far too often focus on the advancement of conservative policy. And they're like, look, that's not your job. We're going to pass whatever we pass and then you're going to tell everybody it's conservative, Okay, Your job is to go tell everybody we're doing such a good job that we need more of us here to do what we're doing. That's what they're looking for. It's kind of a strange – it's also like a need for that pat on the back, right? You need to tell me that there need to be more of me in existence. So uh, in response to that, Matt Rinaldi, the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, who kind of revealed over the weekend that he so clearly actually defends 
all of these delegates. Imagine all of these delegates gathering. They're all talking about all these different policies that they know we need as a state. They're fighting for parental rights legislation, for different legislation on social issues, on pornography, on fiscal spending, on property tax relief. These people are being taxed out of their homes. They're just arguing, trying to build a coalition together to pass more property tax relief, to demand it from the legislature. And yet the chairman of calendars is saying, hey, y'all better pass some resolutions saying more of us need to be here and do what we're doing. So Matt Rinaldi appropriately replies, good idea, but without Democrat support, I don't like its chances in the calendars committee. Uh, Which again brings to light the fact that Republicans in the in Texas, especially in the Texas House at times, aren't focused on passing a bunch of Republican priorities. See, if you were a group of politicians who had said, we are dedicated to you, the delegates who are passing, we are here to pass these conservative priorities as much as possible. So y'all just get more of us elected and we'll pass it all. That's the way a team works. But often these people, they operate in a totally different world. Their team is their donors, which if they're incumbents, it's largely these lobbyists and insiders. And then each other. You get there and you start getting talked about how this is your family. These are your friends. So now they're all together. We've talked about this show where they will go to other state reps on the floor and say, please don't have this vote on this amendment. It's it's going to cut us up, right? So they don't want to be on record. If you had a record vote on every single plank in the Republican Party platform, a lot of Republican politicians would vote against most of it, but they don't want you to know that and they don't ever want anyone to know it. So they make these pacts with each other to keep those votes from ever happening. And then they attack the delegates for not telling them that more of them should be there. So Rinaldi aptly defends the delegates and says, these people who are working on all these policies are doing what they need to do. You do what you need to do and we'll all be getting, we will be getting along probably a lot better than we have in the past. Here's the ironic thing. Talking about resolutions. a res The resolutions committee last session was chaired by a Democrat in the Texas House of Representatives. The resolutions committee. Or you could pass anti-communist resolutions and all sorts of stuff you could get Democrats on record for, but it was chaired by a Democrat who was responsive to the Democrat caucus. Now, that Democrat, Ryan Guillen, has since switched parties, so he's now a Republican, which is great. And if he still is the chairman of the Resolutions Committee, hopefully, since he will be a member of the Republican caucus, he will be less worried about passing resolutions that would make Democrats look even worse. It's a pretty funny situation we find ourselves in, and Dustin Burroughs, uh is definitely reminding all of us why, one, we are grateful that he is not chairing the platform committee of the Republican Party of Texas or the Legislative Priorities Committee because who knows what would come out at that point. Um, the last thing we're going to do is talk about a uh, a tweet that was just made recently by Cody Harris, who's a state representative from East Texas. And it's honestly a fantastic tweet. Uh, kudos to Cody for saying this. He came out and tweeted this in response to Austin ISD's uh, big pride out party that they had where they groomed a bunch of small children and sexualized these children for Pride Week. So Austin ISD has this big pride out party and Cody Harris tweets out, I keep hearing p- certain people say text Ledge is attacking pub ed to let locals handle the problem. Basically, let locals handle the problem instead of telling them what to do. 
Then he said, Austin ISD needs to handle this or we will absolutely step in. This is pure indoctrination and our children of our children. And it is insane and sick. So thank you, Cody, for saying that. And the important thing to recognize is that Cody Harris is somebody who, when he ran originally for the legislature, was largely supported by the teacher union monopolies, okay? The American uh, ATPE, the professional educators, the classroom teachers, AFT, the national uh, teacher union that supported Wendy Davis and will support Beto O'Rourke, supported him in his primary parent PAC, which is another just extension of all that. Charles Butt, the CEO of HEB, unfortunately, because it's an amazing store that I go to all the time. But Charles Butt is a very liberal person who also – one of his biggest issues is the uh, promotion of teacher unions in Texas. And he was one of Cody's largest donors in that election. And so the reality is that Cody represents a wing within the GOP – that let's say within the caucus, you have about 80 members, right? And Cody Harris would be on the uh, kind of right in the middle of the caucus and on the, I would say on the conservative half of the caucus, okay? But within that group, there's a lot of them that are very pro-teacher union in general, okay? And I don't mean that that means they agree every single time on the same issue, but I'm saying that they have a more significant affiliation towards teacher unions and they've been heavily supported by teacher unions and they're pretty loyal to teacher unions and they vote in accordance with teacher unions more often than not. And that coalition along with the Democrats puts teacher unions in control of a lot of education policy in the Texas House and it's one of the reasons why the Texas Education Committee is chaired by a liberal Democrat and that it has a lot of other members on it that are very pro-teacher union. The Republicans that are on that are, for the most part, very pro-teacher union. So Cody Harris making this statement in and of itself is a great statement from a legislator who's clearly showing he understands regarding this battle what is in front of us. But it's also worth noting that this is somebody who has been aligned and probably still is aligned to some extent with a lot of these teacher union groups. This is great news for Republicans and conservatives who want to see the right policy pass because it's going to take a coalition of lawmakers who have been previously very closely aligned with teacher unions to actually pass this stuff. And so Cody moving – and I wouldn't say moving on this because I don't think Cody and his – in the past would have ever supported the pride out party. The truth is Austin ISD did say they've been celebrating pride week with all these kids since like 2008, 2009, 2010. And that's my point is one, the left is becoming, they're ratcheting up. They're becoming more loud about the indoctrination that's happening, but the indoctrination has been happening when Cody Harris was running in his contentious election. And I think it was 2016. I got to remember the year exactly, but I mean, at that point, Austin ISD was indoctrinating their kids, but he wasn't aligned on this side of of going after Austin ISD in this way because those battles weren't as public as they are today. So it's very encouraging to see Cody saying what he's saying, and it's a good indicator that we have momentum behind this issue when it comes to uh, stopping the indoctrination, attacking the indoctrination, limiting what school districts are allowed to do, especially when it comes to sexualizing our kids, the kids of our society. These are huge issues. Cody Harris is on the right side of this issue, and I hope that that indicates that both chambers in the legislature are going to be on the right side of this issue come next session. A lot more is going on, but that is what we are here to cover today. We hope you have a great week. God bless you, and God bless Texas.
Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.